0: But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba. Jesus you are Christmas we come we offer ourselves as a gift to you Lord you have redeemed salvaged what we have cluttered and trashed Father to be made new again by Jesus thank you Lord God as we look at why you are the right person well, you are Christmas this morning. I just pray you speak to our hearts by your word, and Lord, we just want to worship you today. What better day, Lord, than today? So thank you, Lord, for coming. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Cindy and I have had the privilege of meeting a new friend who feels like an old friend. Karen, who is here from Bolivia, uh, that's where she grew up, but she is a missionary in Nepal, and uh, just been a joy to us. You know, it never ceases to amaze me. It doesn't really matter where in the world you live. If you know Jesus, you're family. And God does that wonderful truth of making us family through his son adopting us into his family. Last night, we were going to watch a movie at the house, and Karen juggles around at least three languages in her head. and She wanted us to see this movie that's in Hindi. And, you know, Nepal's not too far from where we're going next month, and so it's just amazing to me how God works out details. And hopefully, uh, we're going to learn some about where we're going from her and her stay with us. But uh, she wanted us to see this movie, and it's called PK. And she said, any missionary going to that part of the world needs to see this movie because it gives you insight (coughs) into the people. And so we started watching the movie, and the movie said it had English captions. But it didn't. Guys, I just don't know Hindi after a while we tried to watch this and we said we're, we're sorry but I, I am I'm just totally lost you know I, I don't know the language uh, there's a lot I don't understand as I'm, I'm trying to watch this movie and as we think about God and trying to understand how awesome and, and great God is obviously he is bigger than we are as creator and as sustainer and He knows far more. So how do we get to know someone who is so much more than we are? Well, the language of God is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So in order to understand God himself, you need to see Jesus. You need to become acquainted with Jesus and you need to meet him. And, And in this Day of exchanging gifts, maybe for some was last night. The real meaning behind the gifts is the gift. The, the real understanding and the exchanging of gifts. Even if we don't realize it in our culture, it comes from the gift. It comes from the heart of God. As we are made in the image of God and as we have a desire to share gifts with one another, it really comes from our creator, our maker, the one in whose image we have been we want to give for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son one of the things that's really great this time of year as you travel around people have nativity scenes we have a nativity scene that we see each time we go into the house and this wind guys knocked it over we noticed uh, the other day as we were headed home uh, there was one family that was looking at the different nativity scenes in their town and they stopped to see their favorite one. It was just such an impressive nativity scene. So the family walked up and they discussed the beauty of each one in the nativity scene. And finally, a little girl said, Grandma? said, this is great and all. But what I want to know is why is Jesus the same size every year? When will Jesus grow up? And I'm afraid too often, God's people leave Jesus in the cradle. Their understanding of Jesus and and their understanding of God is a little baby in a manger one time a year when gifts are exchanged and God wants our thinking about Jesus to grow up. As you look through history. Aristotle taught for 40 years, Plato for 50 years, Socrates for another 40 years. It's a combined 150 years of, in our culture, some of the greatest thinkers that existed. And yet, Jesus, in three and a half years, had more influence than all of those great thinkers combined. He had a bigger impact. Someone has said that Christmas is when God came down the stairs of heaven with a baby in his arms. But that's only part of the story. Christmas is when God came down the stairs with a Savior in his arms for us. For unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born. Um, He is ours. I love Isaiah as he says, Come now, let us reason together. He says the Lord, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. It's as though they be as crimson, um, they, they shall be as wool. They, they shall be made white. God will clean us. And, and that, is the, that is the story. As we look at the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, as it described the law, as, as there was this... Covenant in place to follow God, to understand God, and to seek Him. But now there is a new covenant that it hasn't done away with the law, but this new covenant actually brings fulfillment to the law. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. And in that new covenant, He brings forth the truth. And the meaning of the law, basically, that no matter how hard we try to completely fulfill and keep the law, we need the one who has fulfilled the law. It's Jesus. In Galatians, he he opens up in these first few verses as, as he describes this one. It says that the heir... As long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he's master of all, but is under guardians and stewards under a time appointed by the Father. It says, even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son. So the first thing, guys is that the right person was sent by God. Now, notice it doesn't say that God created the right person. And and I know we looked at Jesus because in the incarnation, he was the God-man, fully God, fully man 2,000 years ago, came and he walked upon this earth. But Jesus was pre-Mary and pre-Joseph and pre-Bethlehem. Jesus was here before the world began. Jesus has always existed. He is the great I am. The one who is and is to come. And the one who has always been. Guys, that's who he is. And he came here. He humbled himself for a specific mission. He put on flesh. He certainly did not have to do that. But he did in order to fulfill this mission... And it, he says in John six thirty eight, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of the one who sent me. And I can't imagine. Have you guys ever heard the term culture shock? You know, we're getting ready to head to India, and we're we're expecting culture shock. Um, for one thing, it worried us to death when we saw the quality of the air uh, in Bristol. It's usually somewhere between the 20s to the 50s, I think Cindy said, she checked up on it. In uh, India, near where we are going, it was like 153 one day. So we're thinking, man, it might be hard to breathe when we get there. And then uh, a lot of people speak English, but we've decided at least from talking to Abhi's parents, I can understand, I think we're getting about a third of what is communicated with one another. So I imagine there'll be some sense of culture shock there and I know Abby has said, it's not uncommon as you walk down the streets, some of the towns, that there are monkeys with these long tails. And if you're not careful, they can whack you. And they like to whack dogs with those tails, we heard. And he also said, if you're not careful, they try to rob you. And train to rob you. And it was interesting, because Karen told us that in some places, it's not unusual to see elephants in the streets. So... Uh, I'm going to get out of the way of some of these animals. They're a little bigger than the ones in Bristol uh, that I know and that I come across. And yet I know in spite of all this, that Obby's family will try to make us feel welcome. Try to make us feel at home. How can we begin to imagine the culture shock of being in heaven on a throne? Deserving and receiving of worship. And coming as a baby. Putting on flesh. And walking among us. There's a great uh, Persian legend. Which is in ancient Iran. Of a king. Who wanted to know the people. And so he put on the clothes of a peasant. And he went to the most (coughs) humble place. That he knew of in the palace. Which was in the basement. Where... uh, There were peasants who worked in the furnace who made sure that the palace stayed warm. He put on clothes like the peasants and he went and he introduced himself, not as the king, but as a friend. And he went down there day after day and he talked to this guy and he helped keep the furnace going, uh, putting in what was needed in the furnace And then one day, he decided to reveal his true identity. And so he said to the guy, he said, I'm really your king. I'm really the Shah. I can give you a city if you want. I can bless you with many gifts or much land. (laughs) And I love the response in this legend of the peasant. He, He simply said this. He said, You left the palace of your glory to come visit me in this dark and dreary place. You brought joy to my heart. To others, you may give your gifts, but to me, you've given yourself. That's Christmas. It is not merely the gifts that He's given to us, but the gift. Why did He do it? So we may know Him, so that there is a relationship. I love the old saying in our prayer group, someone, uh, they send out a devotional occasionally, and they sent out one the other day, and this is a well-known saying, but it deals with the fact that our greatest need, it wasn't some great guy with charisma it's a politician, because our greatest need wasn't political, and it certainly wasn't that of a science, although we put so much emphasis on science being the great savior of the world, but ultimately, science is not what will save us, Nor is it some Grammy award-winning actor or actress that we like to watch and follow. But let me share with you what he shared in the devotional. You've heard this. It says, If our greatest need would have been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need would have been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need would have been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need would have been pleasure... God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. So he sent. Secondly, the right person that he sent was the son of God. And the the title son of God means that he is God. It is a title of deity. He is more than just a human leader. He's God himself. The mystery of the incarnation. How can you fully understand it? I want to share with you, this is Paul's words from 1 Timothy 3.16. It says, beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up. And glory. And you say, well, preacher, explain that. How did God become a man? We talk about this every year, you know. How, how, did, how did a virgin become the child? How how did any of this happen? Well, look, smart guy. I don't claim to be able to fully understand things that are beyond my little brain. And quite honestly, I'm not sure we have to fully understand everything in order to enjoy it. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to understand everything about electricity to use it. Or even my heat pump during this weekend, amen? I mean, (laughs) these things are of great value. And in the scriptures, we say, well, when is Jesus coming back? And people have tried to set dates, and Jesus said, hey, no, no person knows the hour or the exact time, yet we keep doing that. We keep trying to act like we understand what we possibly can't understand. But he is. He is God. Regardless of to the depth of how we can grasp that. The Jews wanted to squash him out when he simply said, I and the Father are one. That I'm here to do my Father's work. They were intimidated by that. They said he was blasphemous, but they didn't understand who he was. I love it in Philippians 2 where it describes him. It says that Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and found himself in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to death. That's our Jesus. Being God in in very nature, and and yet he put on human flesh. He, He became a person. John 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then you drop down to verse 14, and he tells us, and the Word became flesh and lived or, or dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came, what, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the God-man. He He's fully man, but he is fully God. And then down to verse 18 of John 1, he says, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Man, the Word became flesh, and we beheld his glory. The one in closest relationship with the Father. Mary, when the angel came and proclaimed to her, you're going to be the mother of God. And I love it. This is from verse 32. She said, the angel had said to her, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And and then verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One will be born and will be called the son of the highest. So why did God send his son? Why did he come? Well, it... It's quite simple. He came to reveal himself, to redeem us. That was the task. That's why he came. Someone uh, once said, Jesus Christ is God spelling himself out in a language we can understand. To see God. is Jesus. Jesus reveals God. Plato had said, God and man can never meet. And yet Jesus said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. Guys, that is our hope, that is our understanding of Him. As one commentator put it, I love this, he said, this means when you see Jesus healing a blind man, you see a compassionate God. He said, when you see Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, you see a broken hearted God. He said, when you see Jesus teaching a crowd, you see a concerned God concerned that people know the truth. When you see Jesus dying on a cross, you see a determined God, determined to do something about sin. That's our God. I always, I always think of Luke 9:51, that's always caught my imagination. Jesus in the midst of his ministry, Jesus seeking to invest himself in the 12. Jesus who knew he had a mission before him. And here's what Luke 9:51 says as the time approached for him to be taken up, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. There's a lot of other places I'm sure he would have rather gone at times. But he knew, I'm here to go there. I'm here to go there. And, and one final one I, I want to share with you guys. Um the right person was surrendered to God. Jesus surrendered himself to the will of the Father because of the great love of God. God saw our need and that that need could only be met in one way. And that's the gospel. That's Christmas. That's why he came in order to meet our great need. At verse 4, he says, God sent forth his Son... Uh, The idea here is of sent forth is the same terminology of an apostle, one who is sent out. Jesus was sent out from heaven to go to the cross. He came here for a specific mission as savior of the world to save us from our sins. It says he was born of a woman, which means he was fully like us. He was human in every way, though being God. And he was born under the law, which meant also that he followed the Jewish customs. He knew what it was like uh, to meet in the temple and to learn. He was baptized according to the customs on the eighth day, the Jewish customs. He followed the Jewish culture. He was born under the law. He understood all of that, and yet he was much more than that. Listen to the words of Philip Yancey writer. I I love the way he puts things. Imagine for a moment becoming a baby again. Imagine giving up language and muscle coordination. Imagine losing the ability to eat solid food and control your bladder. God is a fetus. Imagine yourself becoming a sea slug. That analogy is probably closer on that day in Bethlehem. The maker of all that is took the form of a helpless, dependent newborn. You see, it was only God who could be an unblemished, spotless lamb. Because he is the only one without sin. No person who has ever lived is without sin. Other than Jesus, who is a person but also God Himself. is only God who has never sinned. So it was necessary that God Himself come. And yet, the sacrifice required one of us. For there to be victory, it had to be one of us who brought forth that victory. So although fully God, He took on flesh... He became as a human being because that was necessary in order for him to be the adequate substitute for our sins, to pay the price for our sins. He understood, he he knew what was needed, what was necessary, and he brought that. This time of year we've we spent a lot of time talking about Santa Claus, and I'm not here to bash Santa Claus. If you look at the history of Santa Claus, though, uh, much of the legend of Santa Claus comes back as we talk about old Saint Nick. Well, there literally was one of the early church fathers, Father Nicholas, who was the bishop of Myra, pastor in Myra, which is in uh, Turkey, Asia Minor, that part of the world. And he was a very compassionate pastor and man of God. Uh, He was known for giving his money away, and giving gifts to children. And uh, that was his reputation. And he was well loved. But there's another side of old Saint Nick that we don't talk about a lot. He was deeply in love with Jesus Christ. That was his passion. That was his heartbeat. And although he would love you with as much love as uh, could be brought forth in a person, he was also tough when it was necessary. There's a story that said at the Council of Nicene, where Saint uh, Nicholas appeared, there was a big argument that spewed forth between two groups of people Some believed what the scripture actually says, that Jesus is God, the incarnation. Then there were those who were led by Arius, another leader, who denied the deity of Jesus Christ. He stood before the other bishops, and he made the declaration. Arius said, Jesus is just a man. He's not God. And good old kind Saint Nick walked to the front where Arius was speaking and slapped him. Now that's my kind of Saint Nick. (laughs) It's an action movie. (laughs) The gentle one who we sit on his lap and we say, oh, here's my Christmas wish. Uh, please bring me this. And you know, it seems like no matter how naughty you are, it still seems to come through. Yeah? <laughs> but with, with this man, he was giving. He was very compassionate. But he was very firm when it came to Jesus Christ. He knew his hope. He knew that if he was going to find a new life, if he was going to get to heaven, if he was going to be forgiven, it wasn't through just giving gifts away. It wasn't just through the uh, amount of time and attention that he gave to, to children. All those things are great. I'm not in any way trying to belittle any of that. But he knew the ultimate hope was in Jesus Christ. His Savior, his Lord, his Redeemer, his hope. He knew that's what Christmas is all about. Matter of fact, if, if he had a prayer. <laughs> I actually heard this from a Skip Isaac, this prayer. but I want to share it with you. I thought this was great. He said, if Santa Claus had a prayer, it would sound something like this. The sleigh was all packed, the reindeer were fed, but Santa still knelt by the side of his bed. Dear Father, he prayed, be with me tonight. There's much work to do and my schedule is tight. I must jump in my sleigh and streak through the sky, knowing full well a reindeer can't fly. I will visit each household before the first light. I'll cover the world and all in one night. With sleigh bells a-ringing, I'll land on each roof amidst the soft clatter of each little hoof. To get in the house is the difficult part, so I'll slide down the chimney of each child's heart. My sack will hold toys to grant all their wishes. The supply will be endless like the loaves and the fishes. I will fill all the stockings and not leave a track. I'll eat every cookie that is left for my snack. Go sit up. I can do all these things, Lord, only through you. I just need your blessing. Then it's easy to do. All this to honor the birth of the one that was sent to redeem us, your most holy son. So to all my friends, lest your glory I rob, Please, Lord, remind them who gave me this job. If old Saint Nick, the true Saint Nick, could point, he would point to Jesus. What about us? I mean, this this is Christmas. It is a for some, it's a difficult time because they miss loved ones and they're, they're struggling with, with those issues. For many of us, we're able to be today with people we deeply love and we care about, and, and that means so much to us. But our hope, once the holiday is over, is in the one who's always with us, the one who will never leave nor forsake us, The one to which is our hope. And that was all made possible because God cared too much not to come. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. At the right time, God sent the right person, the Son of God, to come for the specific mission. And quite honestly, that's why we're here. To give him glory. He is the true audience to whom we give the attention, and we want to worship him. I want to say a prayer in a moment. I'm up at the front, and of course the altar's open. And we have a tradition at King's Way, and maybe some of you today have been waiting to for that tradition at the end of the service. We come up if you have an offering for. International missions, missions around the world, we place it in the manger. and uh, So in a moment after I pray, I'm going to place a little gift to the gift, the one who is the gift, in the manger. and encourage you to, to follow suit if you have your Christmas offering for missions this morning. But we want to we wanna just think of him. We want to remember him in this time that we call response. For him, let's pray. God, uh, you came. Man, may we never get over that, Lord. What love is this? Wow. Thank you. Lord, may your coming inspire us to get going, to share as we go for you. We worship you, Lord. In this time, it's yours. Christ's name.
1: From heaven, you came running. There was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law.
2: kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost to redeem the whole creation
1: you did
2: not despise the cross for even in your suffering you sought to
1: stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death, and the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who come to the Father are restored. And the church of Christ was born,
2: then the Spirit lit the flame. Gospel truth of all, shall not kneel, shall not faint. By His blood.
0: Praise the Lord. Have a Merry Christmas, guys. I love each of you, and I hope you just have a great day.
2: And darkness, who love is mighty and so much stronger, the King of Glory, the King above all kings, who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us free. Son and daughter, the King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nations with truth and justice.